Breathing in air, the fake ain't phony, they're just seeing impaired Cause you believe what you see or believe what ain't there The real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair Cause greedy people seem Welcome to the voices in my head The intro and outro music is West and Coast by the High Council You can check them out on SoundCloud Welcome back, back with a very interesting article I just came across I am on DelawareOnline.com This article is dated March 6, 2023 The headline is how a neighbor with a goat pen took this Delaware beach town land with squatters right. Saw that headline and I'm like, oh, this sounds so interesting. Starts off with the undeveloped beach community land had been in his family for two generations, but it wasn't until Burton Banks tried to sell part of his Ocean View area property, he made a troubling discovery. A neighbor had a goat pen on it and had used other parts of about two thirds of an acre of his property for decades. When he took her to court, she claimed squatters' rights. In February, Banks was forced to transfer the title after a Delaware Superior Court judge ruled that his neighbor, Melissa Schrock, had a claim to the property. A real estate agent valued the land Burton lost at $125,000. How this case evolved should be a warning to property owners on protecting their property from this controversial legal maneuver, Banks said. First of all, I want to get we're going to get into the details of how this happened. When I first saw about the squatter's rights, I will see every now and then where you have some people, they'll break into an unoccupied home, start living there and claim squatter's rights. And they've just been there for a few months. The owner finds out and the owner has a difficult time trying to get them to out because you just can't call the cops because they'll say it's a civil matter because they'll say no i'm renting the property or i'm squatter and they'll claim squatters rights a lot of each state will have a different role but it's not very simple and so when when we see these type of news articles these are just people breaking and entering however the court system treats it as squatters and they have to go through the court process or as a tenant process which is different it's different courts and depending on the state it can be very easy are very hard. This one is not that situation. And we're going to see as we get into the details, we're going to see that this, the woman that claimed squatter's rights had been on that property for many, many, many years. All right. So back to the article, how squatter's rights work in Delaware. In Delaware, squatter's rights known in this law as adverse possession. And that's another way it's always referred to as either squatter's rights or adverse possession. And they're sort of kind of used interchangeably. Allow people to claim ownership of a property that is not technically theirs by occupying it for at least 20 years according to the Delaware Code. So Delaware makes it very hard by putting that 20 years in there. And that is a long time. So if I used the property for 20 years, the original owners never did anything that I can claim I own the property based on squatters rights. Now, I actually looked up, and I'm gonna skip over to another article before I go back. I'm on andersonadvisors.com and they have a article about squat. What, it, what are squatters rights? And it has all the different states and how many years you have to be there and there's a bunch that is 20 and i'm going to just go through this real quick or some of it delaware georgia hawaii idaho illinois and there's probably about 
15 states, and then there's 15 to 20 years, which is still a long time, 15 to 20 years. Then there's 10 years, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Indiana, and then there's seven or less, and there's only a handful of these states, Arkansas, California, Florida, Montana, Tennessee, and Utah. And it goes into about the history of squatters' rights. I'm reading from the website. In the days of the Wild West, ranch owners could deal with errant squatters by riding out in a posse and chasing the squatters off their land. Obviously, a lot has changed since the days of stagecoaches and gold rushes because nearly every state has laws stating a landlord cannot use force or the threat of force to disperse squatters from their property and said they must file the proper paperwork and work through the legal channels. And I, and I agree with that. We don't need any type of vigilanteism because there's always two th- sides to the story. I could be a valid renter and my landlord is saying, no, we don't have a lease and they try to use force and I really do have a lease or maybe I'm just behind by a month or two. You have to follow follow the state's laws and some states are more protective of the renters and some are more protective of the landlords, but you still have to follow the process. The idea of squatting goes back to medieval England and it's common law. That's the big thing is it's part of common law, which common law comes out of basically medieval Europe, where basically it's like, we don't have it written down, but everybody follows these rules. Back to the article, the King's Court would routinely rule in favor of individuals who occupied a property without permission, providing the owner did not take action against them within a certain statute of limitations. Now, with the Delaware case, 20 years, that is, that's a long time. And people may not like the concept of squatters' rights, but if they've been there for 20 years, that, you know, to me, it's like, okay, maybe, the, you know, if the law is written in there 20 years, it's not just six months or a year that you don't know is what's going on. It's, I haven't been out to my property for 20 years. Okay. Maybe you have ended the property at that time. Back to the website. Back in those days, squatters conflict routinely came into play when peasants seeking escape from the tax burden of their current location would move into the country and build a house on the land, acquiring the property by assumption, common practice at a time, which means, hey, no one else is here. No one's using it. I'm going to use it. And after a certain time, it belongs to me because the original owners never came out and kicked me off the property. Ancient Welsh folk tradition states that if a person can build a home on common land, in one night, it would belong to them free and clear. This is known as, quote, the one night house. Other variants of the belief specified that a squatter would need to have a fire burning in the hearth by morning, whereupon they could extend the boundaries of their newly acquired property by throwing an axe as far as possible from all four corners of the house. And back then when you had a lot of empty land and someone may technically owned it, but no one was ever using it, hey, maybe you, we get by with that. Thankfully, in the United States, such practices are no longer applicable. State legislatures have created a more concrete set of rules regarding squatting. And they do. They have actually rules on the book. However, if an individual unlawfully takes possession of a property and occupies it consistently for a certain period of time, they may actually establish a stronger claim to the property than the actual owner. Because I think the concept is that you abandoned the property if you haven't been out there for 20 years. Though it sounds bizarre, squatting is quite common and a popular tool used by ill-intentioned individuals to take possession of an abandoned properties. All right, so back to the detail of the Delaware situation. Back to the article, and it's actually going to get to a another case rather than this one. In 2015 Delaware adverse possession case, the county of Chancery awarded 15 acres of property to a man who had, for over 20 years, hunted on the land that was not his. It can be shocking because most people don't know about it, Widener University law professor Serena Williams said at the time. She pointed to a well-known Boulder, Colorado case in which a couple 
One judge and a lawyer claimed adverse possession. They understood the doctrine and knew how to use it and gain a title to part of their neighbor's land. Williams said, when a party intentionally tries to adversely possess another man's land, many may find that unfair. The case led to a change in the Colorado's adverse possession law, according to Williams. Now, as far as the hunting, if I have have 100 acres and someone's hunting on that property, I may not even know. So, I mean, and this is where you have to contact attorneys if you have land that is not part of your property, you know, where you live, that you have it somewhere else. Maybe you go out in the hunting. Do you have signs up? Do you have no trespassing? What do you have to have up there to make sure no one is using that land? You have to periodically go through looking for deer stands or hunting blinds or something. I, I don't know. But that one just seems that someone just goes out on my land, 15 acres, you know, two or three times a year for 20 years and can claim ownership of it. Once again, there's probably more detail to that. So now let's get back to the case of what this article is about. Why banks and truck went to court. Alfred Banks Sr. owned a handful of lots in the Holly Park subdivision near Ocean View several of which he left to his son, Burton Banks, according to the court documents. He sold an adjacent lot to Shook's mother, who later left the property to her daughter, according to court documents. So he had a lot. Shruck's mother is actually living on that lot. She bought it. She owns it. In 2021, Banks, the owner of the empty lot with his spouse, David Barrett, was prepared to sell part of the property bordering Shruck's land, so the land that Shruck bought from the dad. A surveyor found that Shruck and another neighbor had animal enclosures that encroached on the property, according to court documents. One of them eventually removed their enclosure, court documents said. Shruck did not, so a few weeks later, Bank filed a complaint to remove her from the property. She filed a counterclaim of her own, adverse possession of the animal enclosure and land that existed well past it. Quote, it just always been my backyard since I was a little kid, Shruck said. So here, Shruck's mother bought it from Banks' father. The original property, they have a house on it, but then there was this other piece of land that technically Banks' father, dad, owned. But for some reason, Shrucks thought they owned that land. Or at least the little girl just always played in this empty field. This empty field was what she grew up in. The parents may never have told her, no, we don't own that land. It's, you know, and because she played out in all times, she thought her parents owned it. And once again, I'm assuming everybody's being honest here. There, there was no intentional deception. Now, what's not said, and I'm making an assumption, is that either Shruck inherited the house from her mother or she still lives with her mother taking care of her. Somehow she's still on that property. She, she, this land, this lot that she grew up in playing, she thought was hers. She put her goat pen out there. She has her property, maybe a little garden, something. She just started using the property because it was always hers. And after 20 years, no one had said anything to her. I mean, you think about it. 20 years is a long, long time. Back to the article, how the judge rule. Banks and Barrett lived in Atlanta and, quote, only occasionally visit the Ocean View area property, according to Superior Court Judge Craig Karsnitz. That made it hard for them to prove Shruck had not openly used their land for the past 20 years. So the fact that they hardly ever go up there, or if they did, they didn't go inspect and look at, they may have saw it, but said, oh, that's probably not our property. It wasn't until they actually got a surveyor in there to figure out where exactly is the lot lines. They realized, hold on a second, this person's been using our property. Further complicating the matters, there are many of the years in question the properties were owned by now deceased individuals. Sarah Banks Sr. and Susan Hicks, Shruck's mother. Okay, so that's what I thought. Shruck lived there, grew up. Her mom passed away, willed the land to Shruck, and 
Banks got the land from his father. So it's not the original owners. It was an inheritance. Back to the article. But Karsnick, that's the judge, felt Truck met the threshold improving her 20-year occupation and ruled in her favor in February, effectively tilting the property to her. To her. So probably it was when did mom buy the property and how old is Truck? How long has she been living there? I mean, did she grow up there? I mean, she does have a strong case to say at least 20 years and it probably was more than 20 years because I'm assuming her mom passed away. She could easily be in her 30s, 40s or 50s. And if she grew up on that land, it's like we've been using this land for well more than 20 years. It could be easily 30, 40 or 50 years she's been playing on that land and then using that land for her animals. Back to the article, quote, I can't afford the appeal, he said. I'm assuming that's bank, but I'm hoping that I can at least warn others. Well, yes, people need to be aware of squatters' rights, adverse possession, and if you have land that is not where you live, you need to routinely go out there and inspect it. And I know there are some people, they have land several states away from them. They they just went and bought 100 acres or 50 acres just for an investment or I'll eventually retire and build a house there or I'm going to build a cabin there. And if they don't go up there at regular intervals to inspect to make sure no one's there, they could lose their property. I know my property, I have several acres, got some new neighbors and I was chatting with him and he we were he was asking about property lines. And I'm like, well, I know where two of the markers are, but the in-between part is kind of hard to see. And I said, well, I think it's here. And we we're discussing. And I'm like, look, do you want to use my property? You know, if you want to use a garden or something, it's like, you know, just come over the line a little bit. I really don't care. Now I said, if you want to do a permanent structure like a pool or a shed or something like that, then let's, we'll split the cost of a survey and actually have them mark where you're looking at by a building so you we know exactly where the property is at the same time i'm not worried about 20 years because i'm probably going to sell the property before then or at a certain point i'll just kick them off or i'll get a surveyor out there to see if they're on my property and say hey you're on my property and we can then handle it that way back to the article if you are unsure of your property's boundaries have it surveyed as soon as possible and that's given if you buy property that should be part of the property or if you inherit a property get out there have someone survey it right away now depending on how long mr banks got the land from his father it still could have been adverse possession i mean if she's been there 30 years and he inherited it 10 years ago you could easily she could have still won the adverse um, possession lawsuit. But at the same time, you inherit property, a house or something, get in, get a inspector, get a surveyor, get the property lines clearly divided. So if someone did encroach, you can deal with it up front rather than when you're trying to sell the property. And at the same time, I, I wonder, and I, I thought about this, rather than suing, did he approach them and say, hey, this is really my property. Would you like to buy it from me? I mean, I don't know what... It, conversations happen maybe there was conversations or maybe he went in kind of heavy-handed and you know i i don't know but i'm at least that would have been my first choices i would have knocked on the door and said hey i own this property i notice you're using it and i wanted to sell it but i'll sell it to you and i mean maybe i'll sell it for a lot less than the hundred twenty-five thousand i could get it for it but at least if they're willing to offer me 50 or 70 i may not lose it <laughs> You know, these type of things, I always try to figure out, is there an easier way before going to court? And they, they may have tried that. The banks may have tried it. The article doesn't get into that. Back to the article. 
But the number one thing property owners should do to prevent adverse possession claim is simply know what is happening there, according to Williams. That's the attorney from the the law school. Inspect it regularly, Williams said. If you see something you haven't permitted, a tree you haven't planted, objects you haven't placed there, make sure to remove it because that's the beginning of adverse possession. Bigger, if you inherit the property, that's if you inherit something, immediately pay for a surveyor, go out there, find out exactly what your property lines are. When the surveyor is out there, go out there, meet with them so you can see what's what's your property and what's not your property. And then you can start the process at that point. Very fascinating. I, I knew we had squatters rights still in America. I just didn't actually see something like this more in a city. Usually I see it more out in more rural areas where someone just took an acre or two and had been there for 40 or 50 years and no one questioned it until some subdivision bought the land and now they're they're fighting over property lines. Pretty fascinating. Thanks for listening. I could run the whole block just from walking the line. Parking is prime. These are the thoughts of my mind. And I'm a straight rider, never stopping the sign. And I'm only slowing down if I'm stopping the sign. Six figures on the check before I'm jotting the line. It goes one for the money, two for the clothes, three for the honeys, and a four for the flows. Five O's and six.